Now, okay, let's uh, go back to Hebrews 10, verse 35. Uh, in, uh, there's a lot we could have done here. But anyway, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For ye have of need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise for a little while, and that, that he shall come, uh, he, that he shall come, will come, and will not tarry. Verse 38 is the key scripture. Now that the now the just shall live by faith, but the man any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The just shall live by faith. A just person is a born again person, also called a righteous person. You did that's by the blood. Okay, it's nothing you had to work up or be perfect. You're you're justified by Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So then we go down to chapter 11 in verse 6. And it says, Without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you see, we have a, this word faith pops up here. And it said, Without it, it's impossible to please him. Why would it say that? Well, basically it's got to do with, that's our connector with God, our faith. So if we don't have that connection, uh, we, we're not really pleasing to him. You know why? Because he can't get over stuff to us. Katie, he wants so much for your life that as he, as you learn to operate in your faith, more and more that he wants to get over to you will come your way. Amen? It's supernatural. It's amazing. A lot of times we try to figure this out with mentally, you know, we try to figure out in our minds how this works. But it's, we'll keep going here. Now, and in, in this, uh, this is just bump and run here on these scriptures here, but in, in the first chapter of Hebrews then, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What I'm going to show you today is, you know, we talk about hope, <clears throat> not having a lot of power, but see, when the substance is added to the, that, we have what we call faith. We have the action of it. Now, I put a little note here. I'm praying one day, and all of a sudden, by that word substance, I just felt to write down voice. Your voice. Your voice is substance. Did you know that? Your voice adds substance to your hope. When you begin to say some things, you're hoping for this, you're hoping for that, you're, you know, it's kind of just sitting there in limbo. Hope just kind of sits out there. Hope also is confident expectation, but that word expectation is pretty major. You're still expecting something, but you're not quite there. That's what hope is. So hope isn't bad. It just won't get you anywhere unless you add substance to it. What's that substance? Well, part of it's your voice, what you say. Amen? Amen? It's true. You proclaim the things, that's what begins to identify. Now, let, let's get way out of that, and we're going to Matthew. A story that I just love, and if, it, if somehow you get a breakthrough with this, it'll change, it can change your life. Okay, Matthew chapter 8. A lot of you are familiar with this scripture. I'm, I don't doubt, but I want you to get a hold of something here. 
So in chapter 8 of Matthew, starting in verse 5, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. Centurion is a soldier with about a hundred people under him. And saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. Everybody said, speak the word only. Speak the word only, he said, and my servant will be healed. Now, this isn't some highly educated preacher or priest. He's a soldier. He's a man. But look what he says in verse 9. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go. And he goes. And to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. Why? He understands authority. Man. I understand this authority. I'm under an authority. Are you under an authority today? Of course you are. You're authorized to new use the name of Jesus. You're authorized to use the entire word of God. Yes. And the empowerment of it. That's authority. When you go out there and you start moving and shaking and you're talking about the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus, you are authorized to do that. You've got the entire heaven behind you. Did you ever think about that? That's why we don't have to blink when we issue things. Amen? Now, so he said, he goes, uh, he, so uh, go, I go, uh, I'm sorry. So I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another one, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does that. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, verily I say unto you, listen to this, I have not found so great faith, not in Israel. What was he calling great faith? The revelation this man had of speaking the word of truth and the power of it. All he had to do was, was tell Jesus, speak to that. Well, Jesus isn't here today, but he said, but see, we're authorized to use that name in its fullness. We speak to those things. And I say unto him that many shall come from the east. Here's Jesus speaking in verse 11. I say that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into the outer darkness. Shall shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why did he say that? Well, he said he's talking about a lot of people that could give or care less. You know, they don't care about this stuff. That's really kind of what he's saying. Maybe, maybe more. And 13. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, who believed? The centurion. So be it done unto thee, and his servant was healed in that selfsame hour. You see, this is probably the most, in, in all of the Gospels, this is probably the best example of authority that I ever knew of. Now, let's shift again. I, I broke open a scripture here last week, kind of, uh, it didn't really fit that last week, but if uh, you weren't here, you don't care anyway. <laughs> but, 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 but I'm moving on to this in this realm, okay? And in, uh, in chapter 17 of Luke, 
Because I want to get this, I want you to get this today. This is really foundation simple stuff. This is advanced revelation. <laughs> Not really. But in verse 5. Luke what? Chapter 17 of Luke. And it, it jumps into chapter, verse 5, and it said, And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. How many in this room are listening on television, whatever it is, would like to increase your faith? Well, pay attention to what he said. Because a lot, and, and he'll start out, and the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. Well, you hear all these people and write books on mustard seed faith. Speaking of this little bitty faith. I've got a little bitty faith. It almost doesn't matter what that has to do with it. Because here's what he says next. is If you have that kind of faith, you'll say unto this sycamine tree, you'll do what if you have faith? You'll ha do what if you have mustard seed faith? Huh? What do you, what do, you do? Nobody knows, huh? Y'all look at your Bible? You will say something to that thing. He didn't say, well, you have to go out there and listen to all kind of conferences and, and do all this stuff. If you want your faith increased, start talking to things. The substance, your words. This isn't some big uh, teaching on uh, motivational speaking or, you know, whatever they call that, positive confessions, nothing to do with that. People get all derailed with that. It's the Word of God that we speak. And here he says, if you want your faith to grow, then look at, if you had a, a faith as a grust, made a, uh, I'm sorry, uh, let me talk about that word. I, I learned that, uh, and I'll go back to Charles Capps. Some of you have heard Charles Capps. Some of you know who he is, some of you don't. He's long gone. But he's the greatest teacher on on uh, these kind of subjects that I've ever known. And he talked about that mustard seed. And, you know, we're, we're here in South Dakota, ranchers, farmers. We understand some things about agriculture. Well, he went to the, he's from Arkansas. He goes to the head of one of the agricultural research places and tell me about this mustard seed. You know what the guy told him? The scientist told him? He said, it's the only seed that they know of that cannot be cross-pollinated. It can't be disrupted. It can't be changed. Uh, it can't be moved into anything else but the pure mustard seed. Isn't it about the tiny part of it? It's about that it's the pure. The words of the Lord are pure words, right? Isn't that what the Bible said? They're pure words. You get the pure word of God moving in you, guess what? That's what you want. See, right now, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, it's amazing how tangled up Christians can get with all their stuff. And a lot of the people preaching don't know the Word. They don't read it. I don't know where they get their messages. But you see, you anchor upon this right here, this kind of stuff, and you got the pure Word working for you. Amen? Amen. Now, tell me if that wasn't a pretty powerful little nugget there. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles Capps. Well, thank you, Lord, for getting that over to him. He's that kind of a guy. He'd go to somebody to find out for sure about that. And so, you know, sometimes I, I teach on Mark 4, the Word and so on, talks about the seed growing up and so on. It's so powerful, but it's tell you what, when the Word of God goes in you 
and it keeps going and going and going and going. And you get, the Bible says you go up night and day and you can't see it growing. But over time, that becomes larger. The Bible used that as, as a plant that grows to be larger than all the other herbs. And that, that's in Mark 4, and I'm skipping around on that a little bit. But you see, I figured that out a long time ago. When you get up in the morning and you've got some word in you, and you go out in the world, and for that one little word you took time in the morning to get into your life, you're going to hear 10,000 words a minute from somewhere else. The TV, the news, the gossip. Uh, I mean, people with all day ideas. But in spite of all that immense amount of information that's out there, that word that you put in you every day is like that mustard seed. It cannot be destroyed if you don't allow it to be. You guard that with your heart. That one little word each day. Now that's good preaching, isn't it? That could change your life if you believe it and walk in it. You remember I, I hit that a little bit here and there's probably more I'm going to get into here. If I can see if I stay caught up in here where, where I'm at. But, uh, you know, I thought about some steps there. But, you know, when you're talking about some things, and Jesus upbraided his people one time and, uh, about some things and, and uh, basically said, you're in unbelief. Well, I got to thinking about that the other day. If you want to grow in this thing, first of all, you have to believe, right? Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But the opposite of that is you don't believe. If you don't have to believe that you need to be born again to go to heaven and enjoy things, then you don't believe it. That's just simple unbelief. What is unbelief? Well, it's a sin in some cases, the sin of unbelief. He talks about it. But, but the, the real thing about that then, if you don't believe anything, guess what? That sin is by definition separated from God. So if you don't believe something, you're separated from him. He can't help you, <laughs> right? Is that too simple? But if you believe it, then you've got at least a level of hope. You see what I mean? You went from unbelief to belief. Well, praise God, I believe it. I mean, one day I didn't know what to believe, and the next day I'm, I'm born again, and I believe. I don't know what to believe, but I'm ready to grow. Amen? I'm released into that realm of at least I had hope and hope of the future. Didn't know much about it at first. So then, you decide you believe right now, but you need to grow your faith. Mm -hmm. Amen? Right. So now we work on that, don't we? We passed the unbelief. We're believers now. Yeah. Now we're growing our faith. And without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. Why? Because it's impossible for Him to move you on. That's what it really means. It doesn't mean that He hates you because your faith is weak. It just means that he wants to get so much over to you in your life, and if you're not open to it, he can't do it. Does that sound reasonable? Praise the Lord. Well, I want to talk just about another thing here, and then I, I'm not going to go a long time today, but uh, uh, I want to show you a scripture that I used to quote a lot. haven't even talked about it a long time. But um, I'm going to talk this because uh, I've got particularly uh, ranchers and farmers right now and others. Uh, I, I, I want to go to Psalms, so I should get out of Isaiah. Probably help. Uh, and they're in drought. You know, here in, the, in, the, in our area right now, we're in pretty good shape. 
lots and lots of hay, but you take a, take a little road out of here somewhere and you're going to find out before you get too far out of this area, you're going to see some drought. Well, I want to just throw this out, not as a doctrine, but uh, how, do, how do I say this? But I, and I'm just with a communication with a guy that's in super drought. And then there was this little uh, funny little thing about a phone call, heaven, aren't you answering? Something like that. I, I didn't read it too much, but it's like, God, aren't you hearing me? Aren't you hearing me? Well, I want to just address something right now. Uh, if, if, if you're in drought, well, okay. In chapter 84 of Psalm, go ahead and go there. In 84 Psalm, verse 10, I'll read it. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand, and it should say somewhere else. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. But here's the one in 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Listen to this. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. In my heart of hearts, it's not God that would hold back the rain. It's the enemy. Yeah. Drought is a, whoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, or whoever shall say, how about drought? The, the drought is an enemy to the land. God's not going to withhold anything, says so right there. If something's held back, we have to speak to that thing that's holding it back, which is the evil force of darkness. Satan, you have to release this drought. I refuse you in the name of Jesus, wherever this is heard. I refuse drought right now. I command you to release your hold on that drought on this dry and thirsty land. And, and you release it and let it go. Now, Father, I'm going to ask you to send the ministering spirits to cause floods of water to come to this dry land. Legions of angels, Lord, not only water, wet water from the clouds, but the harvest, the harvest of the Holy Spirit, the rains of the righteous, the rains of the Holy Spirit raining down on people yes. and things yes. and crops and animals and blessings on bank accounts. Jesus' name. See, we've got to nail who the enemy is. Did I prove that with these scriptures today? That's faith. That's faith. Well, now I know about asking too, you know. I know about that. I know about these things. But I want you to get that scripture. He will withhold no good thing. Does God lie? No, he doesn't lie. Did Jesus ever lie? He never lied. And he's saying, I won't hold one good thing back from those that walk uprightly. What's an upright person? That's somebody that loves the Lord. Born again, child of God, love the Lord. Amen? I read where no weapon formed against you shall prosper. What's that got to do with? It's got to do with truth. A promise. It's a powerful thing. Powerful thing. This is how I see the Lord. I don't know how you, I, you do. Some of you, I don't know if you saw the Lord this way or not, but hey, that's how I see him. He's waiting for us to step out and call some shots.
And that's not, that doesn't work so well with people that haven't been taught this or don't have an understanding or don't read the word. They don't understand this. He wants us in charge. Why? We're seated together. Philippians it tells us that in, uh, in, uh, in Ephesians and also Colossians. We're seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Born again child of God is sitting right there with Jesus calling the shots if you want to. That's, part, that's Bible right there. That's truth. So something's interrupting your life. They're interrupting your life of your children, or your family, or your friends. Hey, call it out. Call that darkness down. Praise the Lord. What else could I say today? See, it's, the, it's an enhancement. You know, just to reiterate, and I, I already uh, I quoted it some, but let me, let me just uh, go back there, even though, because uh, I can't assume everybody follows everything, but uh, you recognize... Um, Mark 11 when I spoke about mountains um, in verse 23 if you don't know where that scripture is it's mountain 11:23. Uh, for verily I say unto you that whoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not believe in, shall believe those things he says shall come to pass he'll have whatever he says your voice substance your voice in verse 24 Therefore, I say unto you, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall, whatsoever things you desire, I missed that. Uh, here, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. What are you believing for today? Do you believe it? See, I, if, I, if there's anything I see in the body of Christ, it's a lack of expectation. Praying but not expecting anything. But you know, uh, you start walking in this thing more. Some of you are, some of you are not. And the more you understand the things about the authority, and the more things that when you pray a petition, expect an answer. If you can't remember what you prayed, because we get to praying for so many things, I don't log them all. But you see, over a period of time, God has literally answered so many of our prayers. So many of them. He's also responded in our authority. Yes. Taking charge of our families and our animals. People tell you, you must be crazy. Yeah, I'm a cowboy. I had a horse, and we're, I was riding him in my arena one day, and every time I'd go by this one corner, he just, you know, like that. Third time through, I said, that's nonsense. I said, devil, in the name of Jesus, you stop, you stop harassing my horse. Next time around, the horse didn't even look at it. God's my witness. We don't have to let the world, the devil, deceive us or run over us at any level. If there's some, something we need, then we need to pray and ask God for it. But you see, you get it separated there. You understand some things are under our authority, right? The centurion says, some things are under my authority. My hundred men are under my authority. Right? He didn't say, well, whatever God's will is, he'll do it. No, he, knew, he picked up what God's will was. His servant was supposed to be healed. And here's the man carrying the healing virtue right now, the power of it and the compassion of it. And all he has to do is speak, and that's going to happen. And it did happen. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I had made a little note today that uh, because of my preface here about the harvest and all that, I don't know, just kind of looking at my notes this morning, and, and it just said the note, prepare for the harvest, not the rapture. Because follow God's plan, and your plan will take care of itself. Isn't that right? Isn't that good? See, so many people are preparing for wrong things. All we have to do is get in his plan. Amen? He'll cause everything to come to pass. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah, everybody I see in this room knows the Lord already, but those across the airways and across the videos and all the TV and all that stuff, in Jesus' name, if you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to say right now, just, just ask Him to come into your life because the Bible makes it clear that if we believe in our hearts and say with our mouth that Christ was raised from the dead, we shall be saved. So with, with the heart we believe, with the mouth, mouth we declare it, and, and our faith unto salvation, and make Jesus your Lord this day, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.